Welcome to Spark Creators, a podcast that empowers kids to learn, create, and become. This podcast invites creators and entrepreneurs from all over to share their stories and ideas. We believe every kid is creative. It's just a matter of taking that first step and starting now. We hope this podcast can inspire you to create something that makes a difference in the world. If you want to stay inspired, remember to subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Or visit us at peachandplumlab.com slash podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to Spark. I'm your host, Lee. It is my greatest pleasure to invite Brian Westfeld, the founder and chief squad officer from the Startup Squad. Brian has been building businesses his entire life. In elementary school, he bought 95 pounds of gummy bears and hired his friends to sell them. As a teenager, he made and sold mixtapes and sorted baseball cards, also babysat four days a week after school. And he also sold nuts and dried fruits in the neighborhood store and more gummy bears also with, with the help from his friends. As an adult, Brian helped build a number of well-known billion-dollar companies, including IMAX Corporation and Coupons.com. Brian is the founder and chief squad officer of the Startup Squad, the initiative dedicated to help girls reach their potential, whatever their passions. Brian lives in Silicon Valley and can often be found eating gummy bears with his wife while watching his two daughters sell lemonade from the end of the driveway. If you want to learn more about Brian and his business, go to thestartupsquad.com. Hello, Brian. It is wonderful to have you on Spark. First, can you say hi to our listeners and also introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm actually a big fan of the Entrepreneur Kid books. Um, I have Gabby Bowe's book sitting somewhere here on my desk. Uh, so I'm Brian Weisfeld. I'm the founder and chief squad officer of the Startup Squad. Uh, I'm a former business executive who was inspired by my daughters to create a novel series and much more to inspire girls to open up that first lemonade stand or bake sale and start to develop an entrepreneurial mindset. That's awesome. Yeah. So you started the startup squad, but it must be something that related to your experience like you had before or maybe from your daughter that um, you wanted to start something like this, right? So can you tell us more about your previous experience and how that led you to create the startup squad? Certainly. I, I've spent my career scaling and building businesses. Uh, so in the uh, mid-1990s, I was part of a three-person team that bought IMAX, the giant screen movie theater company. Uh, at the time, there were probably only about 75 IMAX theaters in the world, and they were mostly in museums and science centers showing educational films. But the guys that I bought it with had the vision that people love the movie experience and uh, seeing an IMAX film. So why can't we take that film and turn it take that experience and bring it to more commercial markets. Um, and so, you know, why can't people go see Spider-Man in a local multiplex instead of a fish film in a museum? And so that was the vision and that was the reality of the company. And so I was very fortunate to have a front row seat at um, growing and building this sort of world-known brand. Um, and then I moved from New York City to Silicon Valley about 10 years ago to be the chief operating officer of coupons.com and help to grow and build that business. But I was looking for the next company to grow and scale. Um, but I've got two daughters. They're now 13 and 11. 
And at the time they were eight and six. And I watched my eight-year-old daughter try to sell Girl Scout cookies and run a charity bake sale with far more enthusiasm than idea about how to actually market and sell a product. And that was part of the inspiration for me to create this novel series to get girls interested in opening up that first lemonade standard bake sale and starting to have that experience, starting to learn how to um, uh, look people in the eye when they talk to them and start a conversation and sell something. Right now, it might just be a cup of lemonade, but at some point it's gonna be one of their ideas or a project that they're working on and start to develop that entrepreneurial mindset. I just feel stronger. There's so many life lessons you learn just from running a simple lemonade stand. And so I wanted more girls to experience that because I believe that as they have, if they develop that entrepreneurial mindset, they will have a far greater chance of reaching their potential in life, regardless of what they want to do. It, they don't have to be entrepreneurs. I mean, if you're comfortable with risk and you know how to sell something, you're going to be far more successful regardless of the path you choose. Definitely. Yeah, that's a, a wonderful, um, I guess, analogy of like entrepreneurship is not only for you to start a business, it's actually for you to pursue anything. Like some qualities I found very inspiring in uh, entrepreneurs are, you know, like always keep learning, right, of new stuff so that you can grow and uh, taking risks and also be perseverant, you know, persistent about reaching your goals and stuff. Those things can be used in pursuing anything. Yeah. So I read your story a little bit on your website. It seems like you also had experience um, selling different things when you were a child. So can you tell us a little bit about that and, and how that sh has you know shaped your perspective and how that has changed maybe some of the decisions you make later? Yeah. Yeah. So I, as a kid, I was always running businesses or selling something. Um, I just, it's what I enjoyed doing. It you know, part of it was to earn money for myself to um, buy things that I wanted, but it was also just what I was into. Um, you know, I sort of played sports and, and ran businesses. So when I was in sixth grade, um, I and I'm still have no idea how I did this, um, but I found a way to buy about 100 pounds of gummy bears in bulk. And I still have no idea where I got them from. Um, but then I hired a bunch of my friends to sell them. So in sixth grade, I had this little candy business going. And um, I had basically outsourced the, the sales part of it to these friends of mine. Uh, so that was my first ever business. But I was always, uh, as a kid, working on different things. And then when I was uh, probably in, let's see, I'm, I think I was, I was definitely too young to be working. Um, hopefully uh, the statute of limitations has expired on my working as an underage employee. Um, but I got a job working at a local um, dried food and nut store. Um, and the, uh, the owner, it was a sole proprietor, the owner was um, really willing to give me a lot of different opportunities. So not only was I working at the store, but as he was looking at other locations to expand his store, I went with him to take a look at the location and talk to the landlords and those sorts of things. And so it was really just an incredible experience and it made, it gave me a level of comfort uh, in just in talking to people and uh, understanding people. Um, I just, that I believe those customer interactions and those sales skills and dealing with strangers and having to start conversations and provide customer service provides uh, a tremendous background, especially for me, I'm a, a, a more natural introvert. 
than anything else, but those extroverted skills, I think are important for anyone to have, especially as an introvert, if you can flip a switch and say, okay, now I'm gonna put on my, use my extrovert skills, not necessarily become an extrovert, because um, I, I think that's more difficult. I think that's incredibly valuable. And I was fortunate to be able to develop those skills early on. That's great, yeah. So um, in, in our shows, actually one of the tradition is that we ask people about something that they really believe in. It could be your value, you know, it could be some kind of life model that you really follow. Like if you were to share one or two keywords with us, what would that be? So um, I would say there's two. Uh, the first is just integrity, I think, is, is in, always been incredibly important to me. Um, you know, I, I always say it's a long life in a small world and um, have always just felt in strongly about doing things the right way and striking win-win deals and um, uh, those sorts of things. So that's always been very important to me. Um, if I had to choose a phrase, um, there is a, a, a favorite song lyric of mine that is from the Grateful Dead song, Scarlet Begonias. And the lyric, and I'll, I'll do you the favor of not singing it, uh, but the lyric says, once in a while you get shown the light in the strangest of places if you look at it right. And that whole idea of uh, you just never know where inspiration is going to hit, but being open and aware to it and just looking at your surroundings and being open to your surroundings is, um, is so important. The inspiration for the Startup Squad struck me on a Sunday morning while I was reading books with my daughters. Uh, it certainly is not, I wasn't sitting down and thinking, well, all right, I need to think of a new business to start um, or a new mission to have, but it just happened to occur to me uh, while we were, uh, while I was doing that. Yeah, so those are the, those are the, um, the items that I would choose. Got it. Perfect. So you also mentioned a little bit like how your daughter has, yeah, both of your daughters, I guess, inspired you to create the setup squad. And uh, when it comes to creating a business, like we usually would go like look for some kind of um, problems or need or pain points that right, people have. And then you come up with an idea that can potentially solve that problem. Right. So in terms of the entrepreneurship, like for kids stuff, do you see any problems or need that is out there that, you know, really needed to be filled by, you know, certain company or certain products so that you wanted to build the startup squad to actually filling that gap? Like, can you tell us a little bit about the issue or the problem that you actually found behind um, yeah, start up the squad. Yeah, so uh, two things. So the inspirational part, uh, the inspiration, there were two parts of the inspiration. One was, as I said, getting, um, uh, seeing my daughter struggle to sell Girl Scout cookies and run a charity bake sale and wanting to give her the inspiration, give her the inspiration and the tools to be able to do a better job on her entrepreneurial journey. The second part of it was, um, I, I mentioned I was, the inspiration came to me while I was reading books of my daughters. So uh, it was a Sunday morning and uh, I was laying in bed reading books. My older daughter was on my right side and she was reading from the Who Was series, these biographies for kids that are just fantastic. They're so well done. And so she was reading Who Was Queen Elizabeth. My younger daughter was on my other side and she was in kindergarten. And so I was reading to her uh, and as fate would have it, the book she picked for me to read that day was I think like the 57th book of the Rainbow Fairy series. And I just wanted to throw the thing out the window. I, I just, I got frustrated with 
what I perceive to be the lowest common denominator marketing to girls. And while I give the Rainbow Fairies credit because it helps her imagination and it makes her want to learn how to read, my older daughter was getting the same benefit and she was learning about Queen Elizabeth. And so it was part looking for uh, you know, these ways to get my, da my daughter in particular interested in entrepreneurship and inspired to open up that lemonade stand and simultaneously looking for more positive influences for my daughters as well. I mean, I've, you know, my younger daughter loves, the, you know, she loved the Rainbow Fairies and she loves that stuff, which is fine. I just wanted her there to be more options for her. And so uh, that was those two events combined in my brain. And that was the inspiration for the Startup Squad. And that was the, the problems I was trying to solve. Definitely. Yeah. The problem that you see actually around you can connect uh, mostly to other people, too, because that's how other girls can probably experience the same thing. Um, so starting from there, since you started the Startup Squad, do you see any like changes from both of your girls? Like, do you think... Um, are there any, like, did you try some ways to actually make them to be better at selling cookies and, um, you know, like just in general, like doing fundraisings and doing different stuff and, uh, yeah. How are they kind of involved in the startup squads, like the whole business? Yeah. So it's two things. One, uh, first of all, they're both voracious readers. I mean, they are constantly, um, have their nose buried in a book. And so for them to see the publishing process from the inside, uh, has been fascinating for them, and they've been incredibly helpful to me in terms of providing feedback and being beta readers, and um, uh, you know, they're and they're they're bringing their friends as well as as beta readers, uh, and then uh, they certainly are more um, active in terms of entrepreneurship, but using it for different purposes. So, from, for example, my older daughter's passion is um, uh, climate change and uh, climate awareness and the environment. And so she is the co-head of her middle school's uh, climate change club. And she, uh, let's see, our, the biggest event in our town is an art and wine festival that happens every summer. And so she thought that would be a great opportunity to raise awareness of, of climate change. And so she wanted to get a booth at the art and wine festival. And so she sent the people who run the festival a note and they responded, well, we don't really have kids here. It's all adults. And, but if you're willing to do it, that sounds great. It's a, but it's a $250 entry fee. And so she said, well, I'm a kid. I don't really have 250 bucks. And they said, all right, well, if you can do it for a hundred, let's do it. Just give us a hundred bucks. So at least we don't lose any money on it. So, uh, it just so happened at our book launch, which was coming up, we were doing a girlpreneur market. We had 23 girls there who were selling their own products. And so my daughter and her friends ran a, uh, a lemonade stand booth at our book launch party and ended up raising $160. So they used that to go and uh, pay the fee and to set up the booth. So at the, the, art, the art and wine festival, they were by far the youngest people there. They were probably younger than most of the other artists and and winemakers' um, children. Um, but so they had a booth where to raise awareness for climate change and to raise money for their club, they sold, um, uh, they had compostable pots and then they had dirt and then they had seeds. And you can, for $3, you can plant either basil seeds or sunflower seeds. And for $5, you can plant both. And so that they set up a booth and, and, um, 
and and that's what they did. And the the funny thing is, as long as they were going to be in town, uh, in our town that whole weekend, I set up shop in front of our local independent bookstore and was selling copies of my book for the bookstore. And um, over the course of the weekend, um, she uh, raised more money than I did. Wow, that's amazing. So, <laughs> yes, yes. And my younger daughter at the same book launch, um, she and her friends had started a little bit of a calligraphy business. They were selling there some uh, car greeting cards and signs with different slogans and those sorts of things. And they ended up getting um, uh, booked for two parties. Someone wanted them to do them play, do place cards for a, a buffet party they were having coming up. And another one wanted them to do uh, invitations for a party they were having coming up. So they were able to tr tr turn that into a uh, into a larger business. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, sometimes I just actually think um, <clears throat> as a kid entrepreneur, there's some kind of like unfair advantage you have, you know, like people's like compassion and also love to this kind of business versus like a business started by adults. Like there's a big like difference if you showed up as a kid and say, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm passionate about this. And can you, you know, like donate for this cause or that cause? Like, yeah, it speaks volume actually, um, because you're so young and you're you find that passion that drives you to do this and people can resonate with that really well. Yeah, absolutely. And they, yeah. And they also, um, they don't have any fear and they don't know what they're not supposed to do. And so they come up with these out of box ideas. And what's one of the things that we do on the startup squad.com is we promote these, um, these girl entrepreneurs. And so we have videos of 70 different girls who are running their own businesses and um, let them, this way other girls can go and be inspired by seeing what these other girls have done and the businesses that, they, that they've started. Yeah, that's something actually I would love to know more because I've been following the Startup Squad and you, I know that you guys run this Girls Mean Business um, contest. So is it still going on? Like, can you tell us about like how it got started and then how is it going? And yeah, like how, how did that become part of your book? series yeah yeah so the book the way the book itself is um the the starter squad books have been described as the babysitter's club meets lean in and so there's three parts to the story uh and to the, each of the books and i describe them as inspirational informational and aspirational the inspirational part is the narrative these are novels they're about four girls who are uh their class is going on a field trip to the local amusement park and to raise money for the field trip, these girls have, all the kids get put into teams. Whichever team raises the most money uh, with their lemonade stand, they're all starting competing lemonade stands. They, whoever raises the most money gets VIP tickets to the amusement park. They get to cut to the front of the line. And so these girls aren't friends, but they get thrown together on a team and they have no idea how to make lemonade or run a lemonade stand, but they have to figure it out while they're figuring out how to become friends. And so the goal is the narrative is inspirational. So people will read this. Kids will read the story and say, that sounds like fun. I want to start my own lemonade stand. Then what we do in the back of the book is we include a few pages of nonfiction where we say things like, hey, remember when the girls were making a big sign for their lemonade stand? That's actually called marketing. And so here are some tips that you can use to start your um, uh, that you, marketing tips you can use for your business. And so in the first book, we give them tips about marketing, sales, merchandising, and location. So the idea is now they've been inspired. Now we give them the informational tools to be able to do a better job of running their business. And then the last part is the aspirational. And what we do is we have a profile of an actual girl entrepreneur. 
And so to find the girl that we feature in the back of the book, we run a contest every summer. And we invite girls who have started their own businesses to upload a one-minute video about their business to thestartupsquad.com. And then from that, we um, narrow down to five finalists. And then we let the public choose who the winner is based upon those five finalists. Whoever gets the most votes wins. And so um, where we are right now is we have selected our five finalists from across the country. And these girls are running amazing businesses. And um, the voting is open until October 30th. And then the voting closes and then we'll have a uh, we'll announce our winner probably in March of next year, right before book two comes out. So the winner of this contest will be the girl that we profile in the back of book two. Got it. So, yeah, so basically um, the girl like you who won the contest would not be in the novel, but they will be featured in the back of the story. Yeah. Back of the book. Yeah, there's a two page there. There's a two page profile of them in the back of the book and the picture of it. And so the winner last year was a girl by the name of Sarah Robinson. Her business is called Sarah Sews, and um, she uh, likes to sew aprons. Uh, sorry, she likes, she loves to sew. She went to a friend's birthday party and she made her an apron. Um, and all the other kids at the birthday party loved it. And so she started making these aprons. And last year, I think she sold over 3,000 of these aprons. And um, it's amazing. And she's enjoyed her moment in the spotlight. I've seen pictures of her going to local bookstores and signing copies of the book, just as I do um, when I travel as well. It's, it's great. That's great. Yeah, actually, um, I interviewed Sarah and her episode is actually just coming out this week, actually today. Yeah. So yeah, it's very interesting to to see how she and her mom, you know, like collaborated and also built a business, a sewing business that's run automatically now, actually through Amazon, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So the question actually now I have is not only for kids, but also for adults. You got this inspiration, wanted to write a book series to inspire girls to be entrepreneurs, even though in the beginning you faced a lot of difficulties or challenges, but you made it through and now you're in the process of creating your second book. So can you tell us what did you learn in the process and what kind of challenges have you gone through to make it so far? So there were two huge challenges. The first is I'm a business guy. I'm not a writer. And so uh, I didn't and I didn't think I'd be the person to write the books at the end of the day. But I knew I had to write it to get it down on paper, to be able to test it with girls and to be able to prove, show to a, a publisher what I was going to do. So I spent three years learning how to write, um, going to writing conferences, reading books about writing. One of the first things I did after I had this inspiration was I went out and bought writing children's books for dummies. Um, and uh, I hired freelance children's book editors to work with me. I went to writing conferences. It was the hardest and most humbling thing I've ever tried to do in my entire career. Uh, so that was, the, um, that was the first thing I needed to learn. The other thing I needed to learn is the publishing industry, like most industries, has its own norms and customs and processes. And for anyone going into any business, uh, I think it's incredibly important to learn how that industry works. So for example, you could be the best writer in the world, but if you don't know how the publishing industry works, you're not going to get your book published. And so learning, you know, the, the norms and the customs of that industry, of that industry were, are incredibly important. And I was uh, fortunate to be able to do that. Wow. So you have been in business for so 
like long and also um like you have done so many things as an adult and then you even think that publishing a book is difficult so now let's think about like what if a kid who have this passion for writing and wanted to publish their own books and what what would you suggest them to do yeah i think the most important thing for if you're a kid that who's writing is to uh, get feedback from your peers if you're writing a kid's book you have to have your target audience read it and give you honest feedback. And so there are, you know, certainly for adults, there are critique groups where authors will get together and, and they'll each read each other's work and provide honest feedback. And I think for a kid, that's so important to be able to say to a friend of theirs, uh, hey, can you, you know, can you read this? Or even if it's someone that they don't know, because um, the problem with a friend is sometimes, although kids are tend to be pretty honest, a friend may not want to tell you what they really think if they don't like it. And that's unfortunately is, um, would be an awful thing to happen because you may get, your friend may say, Oh, I loved it when they didn't really love it. And then now you're not getting any feedback to make it better. So when I was giving people uh, my manuscript to read, I told them my only goal here is to get better. I know this is bad, but you have to tell me how it's bad. And so I was able to uh, sort of break down that barrier by admitting that this is not going to be good and allow to allow that, give them the license to be able to give me that negative feedback. And so I think that's the most important thing is to get, get feedback and just keep making it better. Um, you know, a lot of authors talk about the, the first drafts are awful. Like, it, books get better through the revision process and making it better and getting feedback and continuing to work on it. And so um, if you're a kid, you can't just write something and say, okay, I'm done. And here's my book. You got to get feedback and you've got to get open and honest feedback. Got it. Yeah. That's a great advice. Yeah. For kids who wanted to start. Yeah. Even if, you know, like they're just um, wanting to publish, I guess it will take a long time, but in the beginning, if you have the first version ready, it's almost like a product that you prototype first and you get, you know, user feedback and then you keep iterating it and then make it better and better in that same way. Right. Absolutely. That minimum viable product exists in publishing as well. It's that first draft or second draft or third draft or yeah, definitely. Yeah. So now let's talk a little bit about the business. Um, like you are running a business and uh, can you tell us about some of the daily routines you do running the startup squad so some kids can also learn about like what do they need to do if they start running a business yeah so um allocating your time and having processes and schedules are are, are incredibly important um i think understanding obviously if you're a kid you're balancing school during the school year or maybe camps or other activities during the summer and so having a routine about um, when are you going to do this? What, you know, what are you, do you have time in the morning before school? And if so, what are the most important things you want to, you want to handle then? Maybe if you're selling something online, you want to check to see if any orders that came in overnight while you were sleeping or that came in first thing in the morning that you need to deal with. Um, and then in the afternoon, same thing. When you get home from school, are you working on your homework first? Are you working on the business first? And you know, how, how do you prioritize your time? And I think having a set routine about the ways that you're going to do it is incredibly important because um, you've got a lot of different competing uh, aspects for your time. And yeah, and so making sure that you're allocating the time for those um, 
is important. Definitely, yeah. So, what are some common tools you use? You will use in your business, yeah. So for me,、um, I'm an email junkie.、Um, interestingly, I don't text.、Uh, I do not. I just don't text. I don't.、Uh, I'm a little bit of a phone addict, and I'm trying to、uh, reduce my the amount of time I spend on my phone. And so part of that is I just I just don't text. I'm always available via email. And so、uh, email is is huge for me. And then also just、um, usual、uh, Microsoft Excel and Word and PowerPoint and 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 those sorts of things are、uh, are great tools. And I have a、uh, a small army of freelancers that help me out. I think that's another thing that's very important for kids to realize is you have to know what you're not good at. And so. Um, if you're not creative and you have a friend that's creative, let them do the hire them to do the creative stuff.、Um, if you are not a good writer, but you have a friend who's a really good writer, hire them to to do the writing. And you don't may not have to pay them in money. Maybe you just give them some of your products or you know, bake them some cookies every now and then. But、um, know what you're good at, know what you're not good at, and. Find people that have your strengths to marry your weaknesses to build out and create a, a much more well-rounded、um, series of skills. Definitely, yeah. I think as a kid, you have most friends, you know, around you, and they have most times, you know, to help you, like because everybody、uh, wanted to hang out and have fun together. So this is a good thing actually to balance. Yeah.、Um, another question about your business is that you are publishing these books, but what is your vision? For the startup squad, yeah, like in the future. So the the broad vision is to inspire and empower girls to、uh, follow their dreams and reach their potential, whatever their passions are. That's the the broad view, and we're doing that through entrepreneurship. Obviously,、um, we think that you know developing that entrepreneurial mindset is so important. And so right now we are starting with a series of books. Um, the first book in the Startup Squad series came out on May seventh. The next book is—I、uh, just got copy edits back from our publisher yesterday, and so that book is being released on May fifth of twenty twenty. And then we're already working on the outline for book three as well. And so,、um, in addition to the book series, obviously we're creating a lot of online content, both for kids as well as for、uh, for parents and adults. And then we're looking at all other different ways that we can reach and impact girls beyond just the beyond just the book series.、Uh, so we do want to find ways to to impact、uh, impact girls and reach them, even if they're not interested in in reading the novel series. The other thing that's really important is、um, because we believe so strongly in the power of the entrepreneurial mindset, we want to make sure that all girls have access to it, not just those who can afford to pay eight dollars for a copy of the book. And so we've worked with a number of we're working with different charities around the country to get the book into the hands of girls who can't afford it. And so we did a program with a charity called Girls Inc. of New York City, where、um, we were able to raise enough money for、uh, to donate seven thousand copies of the Startup Squad to the girls of Girls Inc.,、um, sixty-five percent of whom come from families with a household income of thirty thousand dollars a year or less. And they live in New York City, so that it really doesn't get you very far.、Um, and so, very proud of that program. We're actually looking to expand it to other cities around the country right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely making a big impact into 
a lot of the girl's、um, life and their family here.、Yeah. Actually, to wrap up、um, in this podcast, we suggest the kids to take action as soon as possible, like to start doing something, to learn from the experience and everything. So, can you share some suggestions and tips with the kids, you know, who wanted to start something but might not know where to start, and also with parents? What is your advice to parents who may have kids wanting to do something or who? Have kids who focus on traditional kind of hobbies or interests like math, right,、um, drawings and stuff, but might not necessarily know entrepreneurship. So for the kids, as you're saying, the most important thing is to just go out and and do it. Just get started, even if you're not sure what to do. Just try to figure it out.、Um, one of the our favorite expressions is、um, translating the win some lose some. Famous expression into win some learn some. Entrepreneurs don't say win some lose some. They say win some learn some because they know even if they fail, they're going to learn so much it's going to help them succeed. I do a lot of school visits and I talk to kids and I tell them about famous people who have failed. Kids have these,、um, you know,、uh, look up to these famous athletes and musicians, and they all they see is the success. They don't see the failures that led them to get there. And so I think it's so important just to go out there and take a risk and do something that you're afraid of. Every day or every week, make try to do some one thing brand new that you've never done before, and that makes you scared. Because just developing that tolerance for risk and that tolerance for failure, and realizing that failure isn't what happens when you don't succeed. Failure is what happens if you don't try in the first place. Those skills are going to be incredibly valuable. So I would say just go out and get and get started. And to parents,、um, we spend a lot of time on this because our website is primarily targeted.、Uh, most of the content on the website is targeted to parents, and so we have a number of blog articles about、um, uh, how to get your kids started if you're not an entrepreneur,、um, how to develop independence in your kids, and how to get your kids comfortable with risk and failure, and those sorts of things. So we've got a a ton of resources on our site for.、Um, um, For kids and for for parents. All right, that's the talk with Brian Westfields. I hope you guys really enjoyed it as much as I do. So the two points that he talked about and also give as suggestions for kids and parents, I think it's really important. I also wanted to add onto it a little bit. First, he said about treating failure as a learning path. Basically. Failure itself is not scary. It is really how we treat it. If you are an entrepreneur and if you treat failure as some kind of learning path that you are going to improve and get better and better、um, after you tried something, I am sure that you will make your way to success someday. Because you will learn a lot of lessons in the process, and you'll keep improving yourself, your product, or anything that you work on, and that's what failure actually can bring us. So don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of rejections, and don't be afraid of no's. So many times that as a kid, I think it's hard to handle these things. But if you really change your mindset, and like what Gabby Goodwin, who came to our podcast, said. That if you treat no as next opportunity, then your focus is not just on the no, the fact that you're being rejected anymore. Your focus will actually be 
um, go, go and chase for the next opportunity that you wanted to uh, get, and that can bring you success and maybe some improvements for the future. So really have a good mindset and also view on failure can really set you in the path of success. So don't be afraid of failure, okay? And the second point about entrepreneurship, I guess, for parents is that I know so many kids um, showed interest, like say, in learning art, math, or a lot of those traditional type of hobby and interest. And parents spend a lot of money giving uh, their kids like opportunity to learn these stuff. But entrepreneurship is not such a common thing that parents would pr- probably spend energy to coach their kids and also to spend money on. So something about entrepreneurship, just as Brian said, that it's not about just starting a business and earn money at a young age. It's also about how can you develop your characteristics? How can you learn from your failures and also just trying to launch something and face a lot of difficulties and be persistent to achieve your goals. As Brian said, he was a an, an introvert, but because he need these extroverted uh, characteristics or um, lessons, he needed those skills to reach out to people and sell products. So he was able to practice a lot of the extroverted qualities like communicating, selling, and just trying to talk to people. And all those things will be really good actually for your kids to develop their characteristics to be a better and more charismatic person. And really just to fit into the 21st century's leader's quality. So I hope that you don't think entrepreneurship is all about just creating a business and earn money. And so you don't want your kids to think about that at an early age. In reality, it's so important for kids to expose to different scenarios in the real world so that they know how to react. And then if they practice those things and later, they will definitely find a way how they can pursue their passion and be persistent, take risks and keep learning about the field. And then they will be successful no matter what. So entrepreneurship is more about the spirit and the mindset that how they use that to achieve their goals. All right, that's about it for today. Thanks everyone for listening. If you wanted to learn more about Brian or his company, The Startup Squad, feel free to go to thestartupsquad.com. Thanks everyone for tuning in to Spark, a podcast that inspires and empowers kids to learn, create, and become. I'm your host, Lee. I will see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Spark Creators Podcast at peachandplumlab.com.